welcome to Layback with Betfair. Joined by the A-Team, we're back. Hello and welcome to a new season of Layback with Betfair. My name's Nick Foote, your host for today and for season four. And joining me, as always, are the two great men, the Prince of Pakenham, the Baron of Bet for himself, Tom Haylock, Reese Goodwin. Reese, how are you, mate? How's the break been? Yeah, good, good. Really looking forward to getting stuck into another season. Um, obviously, you know, we're still in winter, but spring racing's upon us and we've got some pretty handy horses stepping back into action this weekend, so I can't wait to dig into it. Tommy? Been good. Uh, the last month I've lacked a few winners, but it's amazing how quickly spring has come around. Group 1, Winx Stakes, uh, incredible, good day of racing. Look forward to dissecting with you two. And it's good to see you again, guys. Yeah, great day of racing coming up. Lots of, lots to look at. Group 1 racing back, obviously, at Randwick in the form of the Winx Stakes. We've got the PB Lawrence headlining at Caulfield. And being a troll guru yourself, Tommy, will be leaning on you a little bit today because we've got lots of first-up runners. But before we get into all the exciting racing stuff, we've, of course, got to head to the... Uh, Famous lay-bin to kick things off. And, uh, Tommy, you're usually pretty good at off the long run. What do you got for the lay-bin for us today? I should have done, like, a two-monthly review and summary of the last two months. <laughs> we haven't got I've, that long. I know. It's <laughs> been pretty quiet. Um, just to, we, we announced that layback was back today. Mm. Uh, we'll put it on socials. And the equine genius, Liam Clancy, who <laughs> bobbed up on one episode last week, he got all his mates to chime <laughs> in on the tweet. Um, hashtag equine genius. He... <laughs> Now, Liam, you lob here, you don't tip a winner, and then suddenly you get called the equine genius by all your mates. Get in the lay bin. <laughs> Things do generally in society grow legend or get better with time. It's extraordinary that, it's... you know, within six months he's gone from zero winners to, <laughs> to, wants, equine to be, genius. wants to be an equine genius on I the like show. So. Uh, he did well that episode. There's plenty more of him coming up as well because I'm taking a sabbatical while I'm off for... Four weeks. So. I look forward to working with Clance then. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry to throw you on the bus yeah. there. Uh, Reese, you got something for us today, mate? Yeah, look, I've been pretty poor in this area uh, last season, so I thought I'd kick off with a bang. Uh, soccer crowds for me. I don't know what it is. I haven't followed soccer a lot, but it always seems to be road crowds when soccer comes up. Like, I saw some vision last night of people trampling other people just to try and get into Federation Square. I've seen plenty of it overseas. Um, because soccer's obviously very well you know, known overseas, but the Matildas, they brought the, the best and the worst out of everyone, and I just couldn't believe what I saw, some of the vision, so soccer crowds can get in the bin for me. I thought I saw someone in a Reese Goodwin racing puffer jacket <laughs> setting off a flare in Fed Square, actually. That well, look, anyone can buy them, so have... head across to the shop, go for it. <laughs> don't, <laughs> Any publicity is good publicity, as I say. Don't start with that, because Betfair hoodies have been seen on front pages of <laughs> really? newspapers. Have they? Yeah, it was... Specific grey hoodie we released a few years ago that was seen in protest. Anyway, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> we won't go into it. Well, I'm no. on season four and I can't even get one and I'm hosting for that there. So that's that's going good. I'm glad that's working. I've organised that, actually. You, you'll get something. Hey, I'm putting in... This guy's a human lay-bin and that's Piers mm. Morgan, a.k.a. Tears Morgan. And he's just had a hot... He's, he's made an absolute knob of himself throughout the ashes. That's just undeniable. But last night, obviously, the Matildas, we're not, let's be honest, we're not a footballing nation. Mm. It's a great story. We're proud of the girls. Huge. Love it. But last night, straight after the England <laughs> oh, win, this, this. this was his tweet. Couldn't help himself. Breaking. <coughs> England's fabulous lionesses crush Australia's wilting Matildas 3-1 <laughs> in their own backyard to reach the Women's World Cup final. Sweet revenge for the Johnny Bairstow Ashes run-out <laughs> debacle. 
congrats, ladies. You've made the country proud. If we're not living rent-free <laughs> in someone's head more than this bloke, um, I'm not here. So he's the best. get in the bin. He's tears. a proper clown. Yeah, he is a clown. Um, good start, Labor yeah. in season four. Good Impressive. kick off. Uh, before we do get into the racing and attack the Caulfield card, there are some exciting new things happening on Betfair, Tommy, and you're going to tell us about them. Yes, spot on. Predictions rating model for Thoroughbred and Harness Racing introduced into the new Betfair app. So check that out. We've had it in Greyhounds. We've seen some really good results in that in the past uh, couple of months. Thoroughbreds and Harness. So rated prices across all races, um, basically, in Thoroughbred and Harness. So the good thing about that is footy, you can back, you can lay, and you can trade based on the prices. So they're pretty accurate, and you can trust us because we are on your side. We want (coughs) our clients to... Be sustainable in their, their processes, and we want them to win as well. So um, check that out on the hub uh, on the hub on the Betfair app. Um, we've got firmers and drifters as well. So as you know, Betfair is the market. We um, dictate the market. The firmers are prior to anywhere else. You'll see market trends. Uh, look out for firmers and drifters on the Betfair app as well. We've also got exotics, exactors, and quinellas on all thoroughbred. Uh, uh, races and Greyhound meetings on an ongoing basis from Monday. So plenty happening on the Betfair app. Check it all out. Are you an exotics punter, Tommy? Will you be diving into that? Uh, the good thing about Betfair's exotics, um, liquidity might not be strong, but it will grow. But the exotics um, on totes are so cast at the moment. There's mm. not much money in the pool. Yeah. So you're getting very low dividends. So hopefully we can get some better prices on, on Betfair. Beautiful. Hey, let's head to Caulfield, boys. Um, back there, headlined, obviously, by the Group 2 PB, Lawrence Stakes. It's good for the rails plus nine. It's a 10-race card. Actually, before we hop into that, I might ask you, Reese. these 10-race cards in Melbourne, mm. um, what does it mean for someone with a smaller stable like yourself? Uh, yeah, well, the 10 race, the extra 10, 10th race is great for me, for someone like me. There's a couple of criterias, um, no more than 50 runners and no more than 15 winners for one of them and 15 met- five Metro winners. So they're perfect for me. We've been advertising, sending out emails saying that's what we're trying to aim for. Haven't yet had one in one of those races, but we've been planning ahead. So... Uh, look, plenty of uh, negativity around it, I guess. Some people are for it, most people against it, particularly track managers and stuff like that. But look, it's only a small proportion so far. I heard um, on radio this morning that comparative to last year, the turnover's not great yet. Uh, there's not much difference, but you know, it's only a small sample. But for my stable, it's, it's great. There's a, an $80,000 race there that's going to cut out all the big boys and hopefully give some opportunities for a smaller stable like mine. That's huge. And when you do go to town, will you wear the Akubra in town or will you <laughs> remain and you, will you retain the country status? The Akubra stays, the, yeah. It stays. No, it's, it's, it, it, I almost sleep with it. I, I'm only not allowed to wear it on the show. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Hard hitters here on layback. Um, Tommy, good four row plus nine. What does that mean? Yeah, uh, wind uh, slight westerly, so I think the track will actually play pretty well. It's um, <coughs> racing well at the moment. It looks in really good order. Um, I think the track will play well. The 10th race, they actually forecast that the, the additional race, the 10th race, would have more turnover than a whole country meeting, um, that mm. one race. So wow. from a standpoint of prize money and turnover, it's a great thing. Yep. So um, hopefully now that the good races are back, we see some some more turnover and money into the industry. I think the track will play well, rail at nine. You you look at the rail position out that far and you do think leaders, but um, wind plays such an important factor at Corford and I think it's I think that the wind will be okay. So light so breeze just and looking at the weather, we've got one to five today and three to seven tomorrow, you're taking that into account much as well. Yeah well particularly so maybe later in the day. Good for I think it'll be rain affected. I like that it's natural, obviously they don't have to irrigate. Mm. Um, which the track should be pretty yep. even and, and knows pretty well. And it's all 
the, the 24, 48 hours before, obviously on the day is always worst case. So the 24 hours before is probably the best thing for it, isn't it? hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's a great day of racing ahead. We saw some genuine talents uncovered last year, obviously Kick a Kick. Um, winning the Vane. Liam Clancy. Liam Clancy, <laughs> the Group 1 Oakley Plate winner on Common James, took out the Regal Roller, which we might turn our attention to now. That's race <coughs> number six on the card, the first race we're going to look at. Um, stakes race, handicap conditions, 1,200 metres. Six of the 11 runners in the field here, first up. So um, our resident trial spy, Tommy Haylock, will be able to give us the good oil. Uh, in terms of the speed map, tempo looks moderate here for me. Savannah Cloud, likely leader. Boogie Dancer to kick up from two, be handy. Bandersnatch and Chassis look the others that can press forward, Tom. Yeah, you've nailed that. Um, yeah, interesting race. There's a lot of horses first up throughout the... The meetings uh, across Sydney and Melbourne. We start off with that Regal Roller, 1,200 metres. I've got Bandersnatch on top. I didn't love his jump out, though. I did want to see more from <coughs> his jump out. He's just got such good form behind him. He carries top weight here. He's first up. He's probably got bigger fish to fry, but he's coming off an all-aged um, fourth behind Giga Kick and Zaki. That stands out um, amongst a lot of these. So I've got Bandersnatch right in the mix from a good barrier. The other one is Thunder Beauty, really interesting horse. Um, she's a nice mare. She's coming over from Ireland. Um, she ran second in a Duke of Cambridge at Royal Ascot, if you don't mind, a long time ago. But the trial behind Magic Time, Magic Time went enormous yeah. in that um, trial at Cranbourne. But I think Thunder Beauty's got that X factor. It doesn't take much to come to Australia and, and beat our um, horses. With a, They don't have a lot of upside, these. So Thunder Beauty and Bandersnatch, my two plays to kick us off. Yeah, look, I'm going to go with Thunder Beauty too. As you just outlined, there's not a lot of depth to this race. There's a lot of horses that have been around for quite some time. And um, she certainly brings some some interesting form lines. Ben Allen trialled her both times, and I'm sure Benny liked to be riding her, but with the 54, Willow jumps on. Gate one's probably the little query where she's going to be, but I think off her trial, she's showed enough toe that she can be not too far away and should have the right horses in front of her. But look, I don't think she's only going to bring somewhere near what she's got. Uh, form-wise overseas and off her trials have both been really good as you mentioned the latest behind Magic Time who has got plenty of ability so I think um, an import coming over we know they do a lot of damage when they have their first runs over here and I think the boys the Ma Eustace boys will probably have bigger targets for this mare so I think she can dispose of this lot. Just a couple of points inside Barry is going to be interesting where she gets to mm. and watch the market for her because obviously Ma Eustace they generally come for them when they're there to win Intense, massive this time of year. We'll talk about that a lot. Is a horse like Thunder Beauty here to win over 1,200 metres mm. or not? The market will probably dictate that. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. Um, Tommy, on with you, actually, with the top of Bandersnatch. <coughs> you, you touched on that um, last start in the Group 1 All-Age Stakes. That was nothing short of enormous, that run. Three to four wide the trip, punching the breeze off the most ridiculous tempo set up by Lost and Running. Had every right to fold up and just didn't. He actually stuck and finished on the heels of Zaki and Cascadian, you know, only beaten three lengths by Giga Kick. So coming out of that, he runs well first up. Last two first up runs, um, he unfortunately ran into Think About It, who refuses to lose, and I wish I win, who goes okay as well. So this is easier, drawn well, puts himself into the race, and tough as nails. So Bandersnatch is the way I'm going to play the Regal Roller. Um, we're all sort of around the mark there with similar thoughts. Good start, fellas. Uh, race seven now. Are you laying, you're laying dead in a jack? Didn't like it? Sorry, I am laying dead in a jack. I'm glad bit, someone's, bit rusty. I'm glad someone's reading the run sheet. <laughs> the, the lays usually come late for me. I am laying dead in a jack. The, it's an open race, like no doubt in betting. We're talking, you've got Bandersnatch five on the corpse at the moment. Bandersnatch five, six bucks. Thunder Beauty, six bucks. It's our time around the mark. Detonator Jack, 650, opened up six bucks. 
he's a good horse, but first up over 1,200 metres in a listed race, please. He, yeah, he SP'd 3.50 in the SA Derby over 2,500 metres last year. <laughs> so this is a 1,200-metre yeah. race first up. Now, he's, I don't know if he's trying hand in sprinting, but it's Lael Day for me. I think he start, starts closer to 10 than 6. So he's actually never chat. even ran over 1,200 in yeah. his whole career. He it, kicked off at 14. He both his first, he's got two from two first up, but they're both 14s. So, yeah, and and expect, they're at weaker grades. And so. I expect the stable will want to see him hitting the line mm. well, but like... Fascinating yep. setup, and you have a look at his yeah. starting price profile. Started two dollars, a dollar sixty-five, a dollar forty, and a dollar sixty-five. His last four runs. Um, fascinating horse. I, he might just be there for a, a spin around and yep. see how you go. So don't mind. Just it. interestingly enough, Yendel is on um, detonator jack and chassis. Chassis, I think, first emergency in a later race. So there'll have to be some decisions made on who actually rides what. If chassis, chassis might come out of this race and might get into the other race, and Yendel will ride. Probably her in that race too. So that's interesting that Yendall's down for both of them still. Yeah, thanks for bringing Chris Waller and Craig and James McDonald <laughs> up from last week. Demons. Terrific pick up. <laughs> uh, race number seven, the Group 3 Quisette Stakes for the three-year-old fillies over 1,100 metres. Bound for home, won this last year at a big price. SP 31 bucks for Archie Alexander and Declan Bates when they combined. The speed map here, the girl's going to go fast, I think. Um, skirt the law, all and over, tis enough, she's all shenanigans. Uh, Eye for media and Sicilian, they're going to hum along, Tommy. Yeah, it looks a lot of speed. The more I look at the race, the more confident I am that Charmstone can get that running behind. The, the really hot tempo and be charging late. And, um, hasn't done a lot wrong. I love the gear change, tongue tie first up, off failing last start when going around a short price. So he's got starting price profile. Obviously, she's a she's a three-year-old filly now. That was two-year-old form. So it's always hard to work out how these horses progress. But just the way she trolled, she trolled, she beat un- I Am Unstoppable. He goes around uh, on the same day and is undefeated. She put that horse to the sword late in that trial. She does tend to jump out well. The stable tend to have their horses trolling well as well, so I'm wary of that. But I love the, the tongue tie um, going on first time, suggesting that she potentially um, choked down a little bit last start and may have been an excuse when, when her in short price favourite. I think she can bounce back. I think she gets the right run in behind the speed, and I think she'll finish over the top of them. Um, Ulanova's an interesting horse. Mm-hmm. Sicilian's got race fitness and... Um, if they don't go as hard as everyone thinks, I wouldn't be surprised if Sicilian gives a good account of herself. She's um, coming over with Sydney form, Blake Shin on board, wide barrier, forced to, to go forward and will have the intent, whereas some of these might not be here necessarily to, to win. Um, so she's in the mix. Can make a case for a few of these, but I think Charmstone's the bet. Beautiful. And you found a bit of value as well. Yeah, whereas... this filly that I didn't mind um, on debut, and she was actually a drifter on debut. She probably comes through inferior form lines, Ax- Axelina. Yeah. Uh, I think that's how they pronounce it. And interestingly enough, I like that um, Ethan Brown, he's come back in really good form. Great to see him back after that terrible fall. Um, he rides 56 here, which is pretty light for him, considering he's only just come back. And he trolled this filly. She's only had the one jump out uh, at Cram, and she was given a very quiet time, but poked along the fence and made good ground under no riding. She's probably one that's going to be off the speed and probably want them to run along and then get the right run into it. But I think she's a filly to sort of watch going forward, and I'm happy to spec her at a little price because I think she's progressive enough. We know the Mars stable. They know what they're doing. Uh, They probably wouldn't have her here if she just wasn't, you know, a chance in it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see her certainly running on, and if things get she gets things her way, she can certainly run into a hole. Mm. A nice bit of value there. Um, Axelina, each way for race. Boys, I just can't walk past the price of Show Royale here. For Lloyd Kennywell, Lucy Yeomans, looking around thirty bucks on some corporates. 
Um, two from two so far in her career. One on debut at Bendigo was 41 bucks. Eyeballed and fended off Treasureway, who then went on to win the Group 3 Breeders' Stakes uh, at Morfittville. Show Royale, she then went to the Cinderella Stakes, beat home both She's All Shenanigans and Tis Enough, fair and square. Well, Tis Enough did have some excuses with Shinsaw, but they're both $11 <coughs> here. She doesn't look flashy, but she puts herself into the race, and he, and she's got a great booking in Mark Zara mm. here, and she looks tough as nails. She's real tradesman-like, yeah, isn't she? Yeah, and it's really hard sometimes, and the data won't line up, and I don't expect the market to gravitate towards mm. her or to, to come in because I don't think the data will support that. She's but also got a long SP profile. Yeah. She's and, gone around long yeah. odds on debut yeah. and $10 yeah. last start. So. It's hard to quantify a horse that's just tough or tradesman-like, mm. like you said. So I think it's just a really good one-by-three play, yep. Show Royale, who maps. You spoke about the map there as well, Tommy, um, with your selection. It maps really well and, and can run a really strong race. So Show Royale for me in the quizette. Uh, race number eight, the Group 3 Vane Stakes for the three-year-old Colts and Geldings over 1,100 metres. Um, not sure if there's any giga kicks here this year, fellas. Um, but just the seven boys lining up in this year's edition. Um, six present first up. Ouroboros is a last start track winner here over the 1,100. S tempo looks moderate, Tommy. Cracker rib, Ouroboros, likely leaders. Cylinder could find the plum spot in the 1-1 one, one and be mighty hard to beat, but the market certainly suggests that as well. Yeah, what, I'll let you start here, Reese, because I don't have a it's, strong handle on that. Yeah, look, it's a really intriguing race. Obviously, only seven in it. There's some really classy horses in it. I think Cylinder obviously picks himself. He's got the best form lines, but you want to you want to see him come back again um, and do it. Key booking B, Shin, Little Bros. He's done nothing wrong in his first prep, of course. Um, but I'm going to cite with She Light at a little bit of a price here. We mentioned the Magic Time trial, and this horse trial just as good. Um, he was a huge. I thought he was. I don't know how he rated on um, debut, but he was a mile off them on debut and did a super job to run over the top of him. Um, and then he was backed it up. Sorry, it might have been his second start. Uh, no, it was. He's two from two. Sorry, it was first start. He was really good there. And then he backed it up with a really solid win up the straight. I think he might have a touch of fitness on his side. He's a horse that didn't have a lot of time off being back to the trials, and he might just be. Um, you know, these, these other horses have probably got bigger bigger fish to fry where I reckon it wouldn't surprise me if Ken Keyes is happy to get a, a group win here on the board for him. So I'm happy to side with him at a price. But, yeah, very open race. I'm only having a small sort of play on him, but uh, very intriguing to see how it's going to plan out with the seven horse field with these Colts. Both um, starts for Sheet Light have been slow tempos. Yeah. So he's yeah. got a really good turn of footy. He ran the fastest final 200 metres of the day on debut and second fastest of the day at his second career start. I, I think it is all about Cylinder, but I'm worried about 7 of 7. You you said in your map that you can suggest that he can just lob in mm. the 1-1, one, one, but I think there might be a bit of competitive riding here, something you don't see very often in Sydney. They might keep him out on a limb, and yeah. he might have to get further back than you expect, so that's really interesting. His trial was outstanding. Mm. Was um, good. Obviously, he's met Little Bros twice. Uh, they met in the Merson Cooper at both their second starts, where Little Bros won, Cylinder was held up, um, peeled out late, and around second, and then they went to the slipper where Cylinder was fantastic. He looks to have come back really well. I'm just, I, I can't take the price, um, Cylinder. If he was 210, I'd, I'd think about jumping in, but uh, his trial was fantastic. Just the map, first up, bigger fish to fry, not at $1.70, $1.80 for me. Just on that map, is there stats to suggest that Blake is better off just 
worrying, not worrying about getting cover and just if he's three deep, he's three deep in a straight line for majority of it. There's one turn out of the shoot, or is it beneficial for him to try and get some cover but concede a lot of ground where they might not go overly fast? It comes down to intent, doesn't it? Because mm. you is it like is there stats to suggest outside draws are actually okay out of that shoot? Oh, it's Probably it's an easier, head, but wind plays a huge yeah, factor okay. as yep. well because you don't want to be running into a headwind. Yep. So um, the wind's probably the biggest factor. If you're yep. coming from a shoot start and you're jumping into a headwind and you don't have cover, yep. then it is hard. So it's hard for leaders and you can get back and make it, ground. It but just wouldn't surprise cover. me with the confidence that Blake's got. He just rides him like the best horse in the race. And yeah. he might find the plump spot anyway, 1-1. One, one, but if he's 3 deep, I don't think Blake's going to panic and back in that he's the best horse in the race and he might still win. Rather than concede, come back just to try and get some cover and then all of a sudden he, he can't reel off 32 his last 600 and beat the leaders that have had a soft time? It comes down to stable instructions and intent. Mm. We'll talk about this so much throughout yeah. the episode. It's a group three start of prep. You yeah. don't want to be three wide if they go quick and on yeah. a limb and yeah. do work and knock yourself out for second or third up when they're real aim. But get off and do sprint really well fresh. Mm. They're a, a first up stable. He's also got little bros drawn inside. So whether they actually race ride and yeah. he tries to keep little bros in the pocket potentially... It's going to be a really tactical affair. We haven't mentioned Iron Unstoppable. He's done nothing wrong either. Mm. Uh, really nice horse. Um, good luck to a mate who's in the ownership of that. Um, great race. Cylinder on top, but can't bet. Yeah, oh, I'm with you. I, it's Unless I've got, I'm on an out-and-out leader in a small tactical field, I'm, I tread carefully because you get seven horses, you're yeah. right. Competitive riding can undo you. So we're all going Steve Smith, a little bit of shouldering mm. arms for uh, race number eight. Let's head to race nine now. The group two PB Lawrence Stakes, weight for age, 1,400 metres. The feature in the card, Mr Brightside won it last year, going for back-to-back -back here. It was Sierra Sue in 2021 and Savatiano for Godolphin in 2020. Uh, the speed map, we got Buffalo River, who loves to bowl along in front, drawn one, which suits him. Edison and Deny Knowledge, who's a dual acceptor, um, from out wide, along with Tuvalu, will be pushing forward as well. Tommy, is that how you sort of see the the map unfolding? Yeah, um, Denied Knowledge Lodge has gained a start now. Interesting to see whether um, it runs here or, or later in the day. I hope they go to the next race. So do I. So do I. Mm. Um, Tuvalu, I think I've got leading from Buffalo River, who hold up from that inside. Um, Gate Edison will get a nice run in the race. We got Mr. Brightside who actually draws a little bit awkwardly as well. Um, pounding, there's a few there in behind, but got Tuvalu winning it. Again, it's a race of intent. We do see these uh, 1,400 metre races at the start of spring where you've got 2,000 metre horses and milers coming back returning that aren't necessarily there to win, like a Mr. Brightside. And then you've got Tuvalu who can jump on the bunny and be hard to run down at Caulfield. This is a really interesting conundrum and something I've struggled with. So you've got Mr. Brightside, price is, price is king, obviously, always, but two bucks here, one from five first up, two from seven at the 1,400, has drawn 10 in a field of 15, certainly not here to break any records. You speak about bigger targets for horses through the spring. On face value, geez, $2 seems short. But I guess the conundrum for me is Tuvalu being the clear danger, however, is drawn sticky in gate 16, will have to do some work. I just think the rest of the field are going to have to find a few lengths to beat Mr Brightside. So it's like Mr Brightside clearly rates clear for me, but I'm not, I'm not convinced two bucks is the price. I'm with you. I'm with you. I actually like the barrier for Tuvalu because it forces their hand a little bit. They have to go forward. Mm. And that comes down to intent. They're not going to go back from the barrier, so they don't want to be caught down a limb first up either. So they'll go forward, set some tempo, and that gives Tuvalu a chance. Um, I think probably the, the horse of key interest here is attrition down the bottom. Mm. Um, very good in a guinea's last start. Very good horse. Huge X-factor. Has upside. 
as you said, other horses will have to improve two or three lengths and they probably don't have that to get past Mr. Brightside, but then you've got a Trishan who's on the way up and can do that. Um, I've got Mr. Brightside on top. His trial was enormous. So his jump out was outstanding. He looks here to win. He's, he looks forward in, in what he's been doing. Um, but it's such a big campaign. It's We're talking mid-August. Mm. We've got championship races the end of the spring at Flemington which he will want to be in. Straight so, $3 million race, so they need to be winning this one. What, what do they do? Mm. Do they just have spaces runs? Um, fascinating setup. I'm not going to play either. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly staying out. Um, I just found it really tricky. I thought the only horse, if we're going around horses that are first up and horses that are probably closest to being fitness and informed, I thought Pinstripe was a horse. He's probably not ever been labelled as this quality of horse, but he's drawn together a really good run. He's won two of his last three, and winning was his trouble, but he's now strung two or three together. He's had a really good recent trial. But, yeah, look, I, I don't really want to get involved at all, but I just thought if we're going with horses that are fitter and probably here more so to win than worry about what's going to happen in the next few months, he was probably the horse. I'm really interested on the map because... Mike Maroney said that they've had a lot of trouble holding Buffalo River, and he's a horse that can really rock and roll. Mm. Barrier one... I think they're either going to have to be super aggressive or they're going to, Ollie's just going to have to strangle him and, and see what happens. So it's going to come down to the jump. And if you've got Tuvalu coming across uh, and you've got Buffalo River kicking up, you've got Pounding coming across, they could run along into this first corner up the hill at the 1400 and it might set up for something that is rock hard fit, like a, a pinstriped, and they might get their opportunity to win a good race. I'd be staggered if they took a hold on Buffalo River well, now. Like, yeah, I'm just thinking, helps too, I'm just the, the only reason he probably doesn't find the top is if he's slow away. And I, I personally, from a train's point of view, I think one is just a, the worst for barrier. Awful, worst Buffalo, barrier. Yeah. And it's a barrier that horses can just step slow and horses can get across it, but they'll have to be pretty aggressive on him. Yeah. Oh, good point. So I think the biggest danger for pinstripes is if, whether Ben Allen's home from the race in Victoria <laughs> or not, to be fair. Uh, the guy's put on a clinic with his bleached blonde hair. Um, <laughs> let's head to race 10, boys. Benchmark 100, handicap over the mile. Uh, speed looks moderate to me. The, the tempo's coming from Deny Knowledge. We spoke about dual nomination. Tommy mentioned has gained a start in the feature. Um, Urban Oasis, Jimmy the Bear, who hasn't won since this day last year, and, and Sabak, they look the key speed influences, Tommy. Yes, but on. Um, I'll give Deny Knowledge a big chance here. Um, we'll talk about intent. I think this horse is... Really nice horse. He won a jump out really well at Cranbourne. Looks forward. He looks here to win. He has that. So I, I really like backing horses that are going to be on speed in these races because your back markers might be the classiest horses, but they're there to, to run well in future races, whereas your, your front runners, I wish I owned a 1,400-metre Group 3 horse that was rock-hard fit and had tactical speed because I just enter these races, the Winks, like a summer doubt that came out and um, has run well in good races before. But... Deny Knowledge looks that horse. Um, I know it's not race fit, but trial well, tactical speed, has intent and going to be really hard to beat. And that's my play in the race. I can make a case with plenty of these. Smoking Romans gets a nice map. Better over further. Watch the market with that. Um, yeah, my biggest tips to, to watch betting throughout the day because you know which horses are parading well based on Betfair market. You'll know which horses are there to win. Last four or five minutes, Betfair app now has got your market movers, yeah. so um, you can check that out as well. Um, fascinating race. Uh, I'll be backing Deny Knowledge, hopefully runs here. Yeah, look, I'm going to start with, again, this time of year I like horses that are, are fairly fit, haven't had a long time off. I think right you are as the horse. He gets a great claim with Matthew Cartwright, who's actually outridden his uh, Metropolitan claim. I think this might mm. be the last day he has it, so... 
Good booking there. He's, he's won 10 races this horse. Since joining Ma, he's just been an absolute winning machine. I mean, a bad race. Exactly. Winning form's good form. And at a price like that where he's going to get a good run from gate six, and a lot of these are first up or second up and probably have better targets in mind, I think um, I think he's great value. Um, and, yeah, as you mentioned, though, Tom, you want to see how the track's playing and whatnot later in the day. But I think he's a pretty safe bet, that horse, and um, I'm keen to play with him. Yep. I'm, I'm actually siding with Deny Knowledge. I, I agree with you, Tommy. Um, first up since April, was competitive in black type races from 1,600 to 2,200 metres. <coughs> Two jump outs in um, preparation for this and the second jump out, winning one over 1,200 at Cranbourne. She led them up, was, um, went to the line really well. She goes well fresh too. So last preparation, first up over 1,500 metres at Geelong, ran the fastest last 200 of the race. Um, taking ground off Savannah Cloud. If that's a mile race, you're in the winner still. 1,600 metres, no issue here. First up, barrier four, maps be up on speed. 53 kilos, you speak about benchmark 100s and these compressed weight scales for these horses that have been running at these listed levels and can step up. But I think, yeah, 53 kilos after the Heffel claim. Um, I'm pretty keen on deny knowledge in race number 10 as well. Before we head to Royal Randwick, fellas, we've got a couple of new segments to go through on season four of Layback. And we're gonna start with what caught my eye. And we'll, we'll share this segment around, but Tommy, you're gonna kick us off this week on episode one. What has caught your eye over the break? Uh, plenty, just this week. Um, <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> Where do I start? Um, you all would have seen this, Mitch Beer's tweet about not getting let into Mooney Valley yeah. members with his jackets. How could you not see it? Well, that caught my eye. Um, it was a disgusting jacket. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, if you, no one was, no one, did you did He's a great friend to, of mine, Beery, and I, I said to him, I was like, come on, mate, and I sent him. He's lucky he got let in the race course. I sent him. <laughs> Full a, stop. I sent him a jacket. I sent him some merchandise from another show I do and said, hey, mate, this will this will help you <laughs> out next time you're yeah. in Victoria. Just let me know. They'll let you straight so in. Yeah. <laughs> are you on Mooney Valley side or Mitch Beer's side? Um, he's... He's framed. He's put up a good argument. Yes, um, he certainly has because he's gone down the, the he's gone down the rabbit hole of, do you want people at the mm. races or not? So you can't argue. He with had a that. good week. You can't week to you can't argue with that. And he, yeah, it was a bit of recency <laughs> bias around the news. So he's nailed his audience, particularly on racing Twitter, because no one's jumping up and down. Which to he back always up does too. There. Yeah. So he's he's nailed his target audience. But there were a few quote, tweet, comebacks as well at Mitch. Oh, I think Mooney Valley's got to be aware of the time of year. We're talking winter racing as well, but mm. put on a jacket, Mitch. Come on, mate. <laughs> um, what he should have done is look like this. And that's you dressed up in your, your tuxedo. <laughs> oh, look what a man. Looking sharp. That man. caught my eye. Yeah, well, it, it caught a lot of people's eye, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Should have seen me on the night signing autographs, mate. Was that, a, was that a higher tux or is that from your year 10 Great formal? question. No, I must admit, it's sh a little shout out to Men's Club. They sorted me out. They nah, sorted me out. That'll do me. Well, wow. you, asked wow. question, you asked the question, so Men's being honest, Club. I must admit I didn't have one in about seven days out, I went and got sorted out, and boy, didn't I look good. What, Fair um, to say. Surely what that's a, part of their boys' club range, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be the top tier. What, oh, what award were you there to win? Uh, well, best looking bloke. No. I think I sorted that out pretty quick. Um, they it, all went home after I walked in. Oh, <laughs> you brought this upon now, yourself, mate. I'll now, happily pump my own ties up. How about him? Um, the other thing that caught my eye, um, Bella Anderson actually tweeted this. Mm. Gate, gates opening before races, mm. half an hour before the first race. Yes. That's not on. Yeah. Sand down midweek. But it's happening 
Is this happening? Saturdays. Is this Saturdays well. Caulfield yep. Flemington Valley? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I can subscribe. I to don't. That. I don't love it. The issue is though, is if horses have to be there. Well, in town they've got to be there two hours before. Yeah. Why are owners only given half an hour to see their horse before the first? And that's without the horse being saddled up and have to be in the mounting yard 15 minutes before. So I don't think that's on. Owners have to be looked after. And, and bars they... don't open until midday. What's the so... appropriate time? An hour? Yeah, I think, yeah, an, I think hour. an hour. An yeah. hour. But particularly if the races are quite early on a Saturday, they've brought yeah. the times forward. An hour it's before a staffing first. issue. I'm finding issue. this hard to believe that this is 30 minutes on a Saturday. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's okay. the... yeah. Is that official? Or just I'm going by what I saw. I was going by what you it's said. It's official yeah. here on Layback. Anyway, we'll just make it. <laughs> just, I love it. I'm going by yeah, what I've read on socials. I haven't called the clubs, but yeah. yeah, I love it. Just running with a headline. Um, <laughs> good uh, inaugural edition of what caught my eye. Thank it's you. Very We're going to be hard to top it's, that, aren't we? It's very good. Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, Trainer of the week is our other segment here, and Reese doesn't offer a lot in the lay bin and in the other segments, so we've actually had to. Create. <laughs> We've actually me. had to create a segment around Reese to try and give him some value <laughs> it's on the show. Just so, another photo of Reese in his tux. <laughs> yeah, uh, Reese, trainer of the week. Um, take it away. Look, it's been tough not to put myself in it, but uh, <laughs> no, no. Look, I'm going to start with just a little 58 training effort here, which I thought was quite good. Uh, Sunday started this week uh, at Moi. Last race of the day, a horse called Earl of Kendall, trained by Amin Yashiagi, had eight months away from the track. Its last run was a placing at the Yay Picnics, um, and they uh, they hadn't didn't have the horse. They've now got the horse. First up, sixteen hundred at Moi. I think it opened more more than twenty ones and jumped about nine bucks, and they were able to get the cash. And I thought that was wow. a pretty good training effort. And I'll give myself a pat on the back. I had something on it too. Oh, <laughs> no wonder. That's why it caught my eye. Well, he, he couldn't have been giving himself trainer of the week for a, having a second on the synthetic at Packenham on oh, Monday. Oh, yeah, <laughs> nice little swipe. I yeah. thought it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, very good, mate. I like that. We um, will uh, keep rolling this segment. So uh, if you do have any trainer of the week suggestions, send them in. Yeah, send them in. Send I'm them happy to run his eye over them. They can be Australia-wide. They don't just have to be country <laughs> Oh, exactly. Victoria. Yeah, that's just what I've come up with. Yeah. Um, boys, let's head to Royal Randwick now. We're going to preview. Um, some black type races there headlined obviously by the group one wink stakes uh, before we do kick off into race five we'll take a look at the track um, there was a bit of rain around earlier this week Tommy so it was a, it was a heavy eight on Wednesday and there's a few showers around but I'm I'm sure it's an improving track and we're getting back to that good range yeah I think we've been a soft five um, around that there's obviously still winter cold weather so um, won't improve much we still get dews um, as well uh, good day of racing. Look forward mm. to getting stuck into it. And we kick off with the Toy sh- oh, Show County. Just before we do, yeah. rails in the true position, pattern-wise, pay pretty fairly, we can imagine. I think really. so. I think, again, wind is um, interesting um, and, and important, but I think the track will be pretty fair. Yep. Um, running line will be okay too. So it can be hard to lead at Randwick with the rail intro. Yeah, I've been setting up for a couple just off the pace, yep. given that. Um Race number five, the Group 3 Show County Quality Handicap. 1,200 metres. Showmanship won this race last year from Prime Candidate and Rocketing by. It's an intriguing <coughs> race to kick off. There's a few interesting storylines. So the race favourite, extremely lucky. First up here for Chris Waller after switching from the Clarken Stable in South Australia. Jamie Carr returns to the saddle and um, she will take the ride on Kalino who has the fitness edge on some of the other market dangers of Buenos Noches and Zoo Gotcha. Um, coming into a day like this, Tommy, quality gallopers first up in the market, 
I want to know what you look for in a trial and is it just horses for courses when it comes to first up horses? But um, what are you looking for? Because we're going to look at a lot of first up horses over these next few races. Um, we probably haven't got enough time to go through it in detail. It's so, so much in terms of trials, patterns, certain trainers who put their, trial, put their horses into trials, some horses run back, horses running through the line, horses that are showing professionalism, improvement through preparations, um, especially from your two-year-old and three-year-olds. You've got um, plenty, yeah, so much to Historically discuss Historically how there. they've trialled before. That's a big first. one, profiling. Yeah. Actually doing the form for trials. We saw Alligator Blood come out and win a trial and everyone was saying how good he trialled, but you go through the actual field, he beat... He should have trialled well. <laughs> he beat stayers and you'd expect him to be sharper than them, right? Mm. He's beaten 2,000 metre horses, Knight's Order and whatnot. He showed a good turn of foot, but he has a better turn of foot than them. So you have to factor that in as well, but... Fascinating time of year. Um, horses that are trialled averagely prior to running well and then horses that have improved in their trials, stuff like that. Also have to be, so I find, mindful. I don't know if, how the system is in New South Wales. Horses that don't trial without blinkers. Yes, And you know that dead massive. set blinker horses on race day. So you can be misled there mm. unless you, you look into it properly and say, oh, this horse didn't trial with blinkers on and you just know he's a dead set blinker horse come race day. If you see a, a Mwanga scrubbed up without blinkers, for example. It's gonna happen every day of the you, week, isn't it? You go, oh, Mwanga didn't trial well, and mm. then you look into the gear and he's not wearing yeah. blinkers or whatnot. So yeah, go point. Nah, great insight there, fellas. Um, speed map for this race, Tommy, we got uh, Zoo Gotcha, Fender, Kalino. They look the likely speed, oh, Zoo Gotcha's been scratched, sorry. Yep. Fender and Kalino look the likely speed influences. Yeah, there's a few back markers here. There's not a lot of speed. Mm. Um, a 1200 meter race with no speed. You called it Fender, as you said. Um, very tough race. I've got extremely lucky on top. He was the horse that um, everyone was complaining about last week when we thought he was going to run and didn't end up running. And I, I don't mind a slower tempo for extremely lucky. He got a brilliant turn of foot, trialed superbly under Chris Waller, new stable. Uh, he's got that turn of foot to overcome a slow tempo, and mm. these slow tempos might make the best turn of foot win. Uh, we see it down the straight regular. I love look backing horses that have got the best turn of foot in slowly run races. Buenos Notches right in the mix. Um, yeah, so extremely lucky in Buenos Notches. Kalino's a chance. I'm not too keen in the race. Yep. Yeah, look, I'm extremely excited to see Extremely Lucky. I absolutely love this horse. Could not be any more happy with their way he's trialled. Mm. And as you mentioned, I actually don't mind if they go slow and he's off them because his yep. turn of foot is absolutely lethal. I also love that McAvoy give him his last trial. And it might have been a bit of a plan for them to run here with 53, knowing that James can't ride the weight. And I think Waller's probably not known for winning with horses first up, but I think if this horse wants to be heading towards something like an Everest, he probably needs to put a star picket together and winning on the weekend, I think it would be a great start. So I'm very keen on him, and I actually hope they don't go too quick because he is first up. I'd rather him only be four or five off them, smothered up, and then he'll just he'll absolutely have a, a massive turn of foot like he did in his latest uh, two latest trials. So really keen on him. That'd be really interesting if McAvoy, and this was the plan all along after it was accepted last week. Because James was on two, wasn't he? Two last yeah, week, and yeah. they ended up winning the race uh, yeah. with Alentia. Um, <laughs> that would be, that would be, if you're Have calling that, you've opened up a can, of worms? Up a can <laughs> of worms, there yeah. you go. Can we cut that out? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm shouldering arms for this race, but I agree it's intriguing. Uh, race number six, the Group 3 Premier's Cup, 2,000 metres. Arapahoe won the race last year from Francesco Guardi and Lord Ardmore. Uh, a bit more exposed form to look into when assessing this race, as you'd expect, being over 2,000 metres. Faulkner Park looks to deserve favouritism after not doing much wrong since debuting in Australia, let's be honest. 
King Frankel and Cleveland are intriguing runners on the second and third line of betting on the corporates at the moment, who are first up at 2,000. Uh, speed map-wise, Mark Schnell, Point Nepean, Hosier from prominent draws, King Frankel, Born a King. Oh, be interesting to see how it pans out in the early stages. I have no opinion on this race. I won't be betting into Don't it. Don't read your comment in the run sheet about this race. <laughs> uh, I was a little bit more firm than <laughs> I articulated a little bit more diplomatically, didn't I? There. Yes. I'm, I'm shouldering arms. Uh, Cleveland's a key horse of interest, mm. obviously. He was very good last campaign, first up, and then started favourite at the Sydney Cup and failed. 2,000 metres, no trial. There's just too many question marks. Faulkner Park up and going well. Uh, happy to watch. Yeah, look, I'm really happy to watch too and really intrigued with Cleveland to see what he does. Nico pulled our pants down that day in the Sydney Cup. We were both really mm -hmm. keen on him and I think you laid him that day, footy. Yeah. Um, so I am really keen to see him back, but yeah, we won't be playing in this race. Good stuff. Uh, race number seven, the Group 3 Toy Show. It's a uh, quality handicap for fillies and mares over 1,100 metres. Um, lots, of lots of speed engaged here. How's the Serenity, Cinderella Days, North Star Lass, Winning verse and queen of the ball will be uh, prominent. Any of these catching your eye, Tommy? The map's fascinating. So, you've, as you said, um, you've got five natural leaders in the race. Then you've got uh, Zoo Gotcha drawn 11, mm. who does like to settle in the first four. Parasol drawn 10, who does like to settle in the first four. I don't know where these favourites map. You've got queen of the ball. So, you've got Zoo Gotcha, Parasol, queen of the ball, the three market fancies all around that $4 mark or three fifty. They all map... <laughs> Awkwardly. Um, makes it a very hard race to dissect. I've got Zoo Gotcha on top, but um, I just don't know where she gets to. She's a class runner. Um, she's got a big weight and conceding a lot of weight from an awkward draw. So I could even make a case for a horse like Petulant at 50s, 60s. In form. Um, in form, race mm -hmm. fit, maps well, in behind the speed. I've had something on Petulant at a massive price, but um, there's just queries about the three favourites and I don't like the race. Yeah, no, I yeah, no interest for me really. Other than I'll just be cheering on Maliva, the the Pakenham trained mare, and hope she yeah. uh, hope she runs well. Not the worst. No, that's race right. It's probably the, that that really early speed might suit her, and she might somehow slot in behind there. But um, no real interest for me. Well, I'll step up with it <laughs> and, and put a hamburger with a lot together here Oof. for us. Bit the of Tommy, second one, bit of Tommy the second one of the show. I love this. Uh, I'm backing Parasail mm -hmm. and um, lightly race mare. I believe she can genuinely elevate to the next level this preparation. Um, two Ford trials indicate she's ready to rock and roll first start. You've got six career starts, three wins, two seconds, already winning at Group 3 level in the Typhoon Tracy. Um, that was over 1,100. Zoo Gotcha, with just the one quiet trial, I think will get better as the prep goes. So, yep. and gives, what, five and a half kilos? Um, gives five and a half kilos to Parasail. So, uh, I think Parasail head-to-head -head with Zoo Gotcha. If Jean-Claude Van Overmeer can get into a three-wide running line um, and gain some cover, I think will be very hard to beat. So I'm going to be backing Parasail. Um, and I'm going to lay Queen of the Ball. You mentioned, Tommy, there's those three runners around the same price. Now, she loves to lead, be up on <coughs> speed, but she's yet to be able to win a race off a fast tempo, which I'm predicting here. We spoke about the map. I'd go as far to say as she folds up like a deck chair when there is a fast tempo. So all the wins have come when she's been able to control from the top, dictate the tempo, then kick away. I think she's priced too short. She's probably priced off running next to Nature Strip in a trial. Mm, beating um, Nature Strip. Yeah, beating trial. Nature Strip yeah, in a trial. Um, she's just well under the odds, and, and I'll be laying Queen of the Ball. So what back if you... Sorry, what do you make of, you know, you said you, you better say backing Paracel as well. What do you make of 
John Van Overmeer riding. That's a it's unique. A, it's a strange getup. Mm. He does he does ride in the provincials a lot for Godolphin. Yeah, um, this but is a Group Three. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm it's aware. Bizarre. Yeah, it, is, it would it have is. to be it's partly the fifty three. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was odd. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, you know, it's I was not thinking, a name well, where's, you see. Where's McAvoy? But he's he's obviously riding Marco Connoisseur. So yeah, it is interesting. And I'm yeah. surely there would have been some other light riders. They've got quite a few in Sydney, haven't they? Oh, the horse the. Queen of the Ball, Rachel King, used to ride a bit for Godolphin. Yeah. Mm. That's, yeah, just thought it was an interesting setup. Anyway. Yeah, good pickup. We'll be on the Claude Van Dam anyway <laughs> in uh, race, what was that, number seven. Uh, let's head to race eight now, the feature for the weekend. The Group 1 Wink Stakes, weight for age, 1,400 metres. Last year, Animo, obviously the winner of the race, 2021 Mwanga and 2020, very elegant. Um, this Group one's quite extraordinary. So from the fact that every single runner is first up mm. here. Um, the only exception would be um, Golden, Golden Mile. Mile yeah. yeah, Golden yeah. Mile. Duace has had somewhat of a freshen, I guess, who's recently run, but Golden <laughs> Mile was in that missile stakes, and due to the unfortunate fall, you may as well just yeah. put a line he through that really and say he's first up again. So um, top of the market, we have Zaki and Fangirl as the only runners in the single digits. We get out to Mwanga, uh, who's also first up, and Think It Over, who we haven't seen since the 2022 Queen Elizabeth win. Um, how are you guys assessing this race and playing it? Do you have any strong opinions? I do. So I'm actually keen on this race. Now, it's a great race. It shouldn't be a group one, though. It's another case where it's a lead-up race. I don't know why it's a group one. Just uh, a two? Should just be a two, you think? Yeah, group two, lead-up race. I don't think lead-up races, it's a whole other... Probably shouldn't be worth a mil, should it? <laughs> no. Well, it's not much. Considering. considering probably most of them aren't really here to win and... Well, that's Waller's got eight. None of them are here yeah. to win. Um, are we asking you, which one's winning? Or if would you wear your Akubra to a race worth a mil? Absolutely. I'm wearing <laughs> it to the check, Everest. Just check, that's my check-in point. Yeah, I'm wearing it to the Everest. <laughs> You'll find me at the Yay Pitnicks with it in the Everest one day. <laughs> I like it. Consistency is king. <laughs> um, I so I was very keen throughout since this source has trialed and since Chris Waller's come out and talked about it on Lindemann in this race. Been pretty bullish of his chances. There is $6 pre-post and then Drew Barry 18 and goes out to 19. So why would you ever bet early? That mm. goes beside the point. But uh, I actually like the barrier for him. I think it dictates their hand. I think they have to lead now. And I think Lindemann can win this race. All comes down to intent for me. And if Waller's there to win, and I'll keep intense the word of the show. If Lindemann's there to win and McAvoy... Sees barrier 18, it comes in at 16 after scratchings. If the emergencies <coughs> don't start, he rolls forward, leads. I think he can win this race, and $19 was a stupid price. His trial was enormous, and he's a very good horse. So is this a bet-in-play scenario, like in terms of well, Lindemann's? So I'm happy to take the, the price, and you'll know within 100 metres if they're there to win. If it snags back to last, you're not going to win. But I was I'm happy more, to take that price. What about even like the five minutes leading up? Should there be some money for him? If it's already, Yeah, there's already been a bit of money for him from that opening closer, price. The closer we get, he should probably keep coming in a little bit more, and then that would probably show there might be some intent, and he might be the one that actually is there to win. Correct. Now, I haven't looked at the, the Racing New South Wales speed map either, so if they're going back and it's mapped on forward and Racing New South Wales, Chris Will will have to have come to out put in and put in a change of... Yeah. So keep an eye on that as well. But um, I've taken the price based on the fact that I think they'll be rolling forward, and I think it'd be very, very hard to beat, and I think it was a silly price. Lindemann at uh, $19, I think it's $16. You'll get around that price, Beth Fair. Um, Zark is the other horse that I'm keen to be on. His trials were okay without being brilliant, but he's got um, superb first up last campaign behind Gig, if you don't mind, in an old aged. Um, 
Best is good enough to win. I'm laying Fangirl. <coughs> she ran second in this race last year, which is no surprise because she loves running a place in behind Animo. Um, Animo form's no good, is it? Um, <laughs> please. <laughs> no, I'm just, I just want to see a win before I can step in as favourite in group one. Yep. First up, needs it firm as well, or better firm. I might not need it firm, but I just think she's a risk. Think it over, trialled really nicely, can win. Um, think it over. He's a really good horse, been off the scene for some time, but I love this trial, so can make a case for him. But um, the best bet here is um, Lindemann. Yeah, well, look, I'm going to cite with Think It Over because I don't think Kerry Parker would bring this horse to the races off such a long break if he wasn't somewhere near ready. Mm. He's got a brilliant first-up record. He's won four from eight with two seconds. Um, he loves a bit of sting out of the ground. His trial was brilliant. Nash obviously knows the horse is going well and knows the horse really well. Drawing to get what will probably be a pretty good run from seven. Um, he's got Zaki outside him. He's probably going to have Zaki's back or somewhere near him. Um, and I think at that price, an each-way price, I'd be shocked if he isn't at least in the top four because I think he's going well enough. And as I said, as an eight-year-old, I think Kerry would have him forward enough that it's not going to hurt him and he should be pretty fit for something like this. Mm. I'm siding with Fangirl and I understand your points around you want to see her win, but it's not like she's not chasing the line or shirking it when she was running into Anima. She's effectively become the happy clapper to animate, like to Winks, really, isn't it, really? And this looks the best chance to add that second group one to a name. Yep. And she goes super first up. So we saw that last year in the Winks stakes. She stormed home for the second, ran the fastest last 400 of the meeting. Then first up in the Apollo stakes, she ran the fastest last 200 of the meeting, darting back to the rail where arguably it was the inferior going. It's hard to fall in love with a pattern, and I don't love backing back markers or runners that get off midfield. It particularly, you know, at shorter prices. But she's second in the market here. She's a fresh bomb. Consistently runs big races off any um, tempo. She also gains the services. Keep jockey change here. She gains the services of James McDonald thanks mm. to the big A That's huge. departing, which is massive. It's and when you when you line them up, Van Girl next to Zaki, like he hasn't been cited since failing to finish off in a Dooman Cup, right? Zaki, nine years old. You're taking, what, 450 lobbing favourite here in a Group 1 as a nine-year-old? I know you say he goes, well, fresh, but he's not getting any better. He's mm. only regressing or holding. Mm. So I'm, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to risk Saki and take Fangirl. Um, you make a huge point about McAvoy off to McDonald. Now, McAvoy has two rides on this horse for two wins. So, and that's a long time ago, mm. which is interesting. Yeah, excellent. Looking forward to it. We'll learn a lot either way, won't we? That's right. Uh, race number nine on the card is the Group 2 Silver Shadow Stakes for the three-year-old fillies over 1,200. Zugotcha beat home in secret and North Star Lass in this race last year. It's an open betting affair for us here to round out our preview round weekend. Looks a tough race. Few nice fillies engaged. Taumina looks the likely leader from Barrier 2. Platinum Jubilee, Inhibitions, Amazonian Lass are all other speed influences. Uh, how are you seeing this one, mate? Incredibly tough race, um, but that said, I'm keen to play in it. Um, big field, hard to be extremely <coughs> confident with these, these fillies um, lining up against each other, but I'm going with a race fit horse um, in Estriella. Uh, I like this horse, Cabalis. Knocked her off last start, but she's race fit. The stable have a huge opinion of her. Um, Jamie Carr, good luck to her riding Estrella here. I, I think that's the right form, and I know Cabellas got beaten last start. Should have won, paraded awful, um, slowly away. Got hampered at the start. Should have framed that form, still probably should have won. Um, I think Estrella can make amends from losing narrowly 
last start, and I think she's going to be hard to beat. I'm happy to be with her from a perfect barrier. The other one, Mumbai Muse. This is a stable that don't generally trial that well, but I love this trial. Beat home Mask Crusader in a trial. Williamsburg as well, who trialed quite nicely, but love the trial. Um, I think she's a filly that probably didn't quite measure up to the A-grade stuff as a two-year-old, but she looks to have improved, and I love that profile. She's a big price, drawn one, which might not be the right spot. She might lead luck, but these younger horses, barrier one, is generally okay. Um, I'm having something Mumbai Muse and Estrella. Yeah, look, I'm not having a bet, but she is definitely the filly I want to follow, Mumbai Muse. Gate one, she's probably going to get buried back, but her trial was very good. She was first, first run she was behind learning to fly, second run she was behind cylinder, great form lines. And I'm just really intrigued that Brett Preble has ridden her both her runs and he's sticking with her, he trolled with her. He knows a good horse when he sits on one and not not on the weekend for her, I don't think, but certainly want to follow her going forward. Yep, I'm, I'm the same in terms of betting at the moment. I'm steering clear. Estriel is the one I want to follow. I loved her maiden win at Gosford in really good time. Um, Tommy, we got absolutely caballist last start, didn't we? And um, that was the mar- when the market was between Shaken and Estrella, and I think Shaken bled both nostrils and folded up. I bet so. Shaken saved Estrella and Caballus knocked me off. Yeah, I bet Caballus best bet last week, and yeah. he finds so much stress. Great I think, game. I think the value in the race as well is Taumina, who yeah, well. is progressing nicely. Mm. Um, two from two, jump out between runs, makes her own luck. So they're the two I'll watch, but I just won't be betting just as yet. Uh, that rounds out our um, our look at both Caulfield and Randwick for the show. We do have our great mate Jackson Oldham. He's back for Take On Me, and this is what he likes this week. Uh, Take On Me is back for another season, and if I resume in any sort of form that I left it in the autumn, we will be laying horses that win all throughout the spring, so I'll be giving away plenty of cash on the exchange. Get involved this week. It's PB Lawrence Stakes Day at Caulfield, and I want to lay race two, number six, Be All Bay. The horse is ever consistent. Only missed a start once in its 12-start career. Flying with the new stable, seven runs in for Shane Nichols. That's probably one of the concerns. This horse is now eighth up this preparation. All the form intertwines here between Hellhound, Starlight Scope, and even Morveda. Starlight Scope beat Bay B or Bay on its merits. Hellhound started shorter on that occasion. Morveda started shorter than B or Bay at Caulfield when they all met two back. And those three horses are all double the price here. I want to take on that form regardless anyway. I thought Tangied, but especially uh, Life Lessons were the two. Uh, I think Life Lessons could be a complete moral. So I want to lay race two, number six, B or Bay. Best price around is $4.80. I'm going to put up $500 at $6 on the exchange to lose $2,500. All right, good luck to those taking on Jackson this week in Take On Me. Uh, Boys, something we're going to do a little bit differently this season is we're going to just go through and stake our tips a little bit. So just give, it'll give, I guess, the viewer and the listener a little bit of confidence in terms of what what our confidence is for the weekend and what we like and where we're going to put our units. And, Tommy, I'll throw to you and uh, how you're going to play Saturday at both tracks. Yeah, low confidence. So only staking 5.25 units on the day, if my maths is correct. Um, we'll start off with race seven, Charmstone. Uh, one unit win, pretty bullish, she'll be... Hard to beat. Uh, pretty keen each way. Half a unit to win and one unit to place on Deny Knowledge. Race 10, number 14 there at Caulfield. Then we move on to the two that we just touched on at Randwick. Um, keen Linderman. Um, half a unit win, one unit place at about that $19. I think it's a really good bet there. Linderman um, saving or having something Zaki as well. So got one unit there, Zaki. And race nine, Estriella. One unit win and Mumbai Muse, 0.25 units win and 0.5 units to place there on 
Uh, Mumbai Muse, no lay bets for me. I think it's a really hard day and confidence is pretty low. Um, Reese, you want to kick it away? Yeah, look, I'm similar to you. Only um, betting this weekend, no lay bets from me. We're going to start at Caulfield Race 6, Thunder Beauty, 0.5 to win, 0.5 to place. We roll into the next race, uh, Axelina, uh, 0.25 to win, 0.75 to place. Into Shelight, 0.25 units to win, 0.75 to place. We go to the last at Caulfield Race 10, Right you are, one unit to win, one unit to place, and there's another ruffie in there, Macram, 0.25 to win, 0.75 to place. And we roll over to uh, Sydney, just the two there, uh, extremely lucky, one unit to win, and then we go into the big one, the group one, think it over, 0.5 units to win and 0.5 units to place. Excellent. Now, when I started on this show, I, I had to have lay bets, and now I'm the only one going <laughs> hamburgers with a lot here. This is extraordinary. We're going to have a hamburger award. So if anyone gets a hamburger, I'm going to... Buy I like a it. toy hamburger and we'll pass, pass it, it on. Yeah. Cool. Uh, way I'm playing this weekend. Caulfield race six, Bandersnatch, one unit to win. I'm laying number seven, Detonator Jack, um, 0.5 units, liability up to 2.7 units based off 650. I'm going to back number seven, Show Royale in race seven, 0.25 units to win, 0.75 units to place. Then we head to race number 10. I'm going to have number 14, Deny Knowledge, 0.75 units to win. Up in Sydney, race number uh, race number seven, I like Parasail, number seven, 1.25 units to win, laying number eight, queen of the ball, one unit at $4, liability there, three units. And then Randwick, race eight, number 13, Fangirl, I'm going to have one unit to win. That's how I'm playing this weekend, fellas. That's how you're playing this weekend. All the best. Got a few runners this weekend, Reese? Uh, no, just one in Adelaide. That's your territory. You don't mind doing a bit of Adelaide form? Yes, I haven't, the old, the I haven't old, got to it yet. Yeah, now the old boy, the good fight goes around in the first there in a very thin staying race, but he needs it thin because he's been battling. But there's been some rain over there, and that's what he's crying out for. So he's the only runner for the weekend, so God bless him. All, all the best. And Tommy, all the best to you over the weekend as well. We got in any corporate boxes or anything, no doubt? <laughs> off to behind just, the glass. Just off to Europe on Saturday. So. Here it oh, is. Yeah, that'll we'll be first class. <laughs> <That'll do. laughs> no all doubts right. about that. It's a bit of a bomb to break at the end of the show. I guess we won't <laughs> see you next week, but I will. Thanks for tuning in for uh, episode one of season four of A Layback with Betfair. We'll be back next week with plenty more. gambling really costing you. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.